0: I guess what I love is that Torello is this sort of community hub. We have people who supply us with food, who have become friends. And, and so we have this wonderful relationship with the people who supply us. And then we can pass that joy on to
1: our customers. This is The Producers. I'm Danny Vallant. Sophie O'Neill grew up on a farm in New South Wales, but she didn't quite tap into food as a passion and a career until a dispiriting experience in food marketing led to a change. She's now an owner of Torello Farm, a mixed business and farm gate on Victoria's Mornington Peninsula. Founded in 2016, Torello not only sells Sophie's own beef and lamb, but also curates other local produce for residents, visitors and restaurants in a bountiful business that creates Connection and brings nourishment and joy. My name is Sophie
0: O'Neill and I'm one of the owners of Torello Farm on the Mornington Peninsula. So Torello Farm is a farm gate uh, in Dramana at the bottom of White Hill Road on the road that leads up to Red Hill for those people who know the Mornington Peninsula. Um, and we sell local produce. So um, some people liken us to a bit of a farmer's market, but obviously we don't have the farmers on site. Um, so we sell produce from about 70 different uh, farms across the Mornington Peninsula um, including our family's own farm which is in Turong, where we grow belted Galloway beef and Dorset down lamb.
1: Sophie grew up on a mixed farm but food only clicked for her when curious eating sent her on a journey of discovery.
0: I grew up um I grew up in country New South Wales um I grew up in in between Forbes and Yugara, which both have been put on the map recently with those horrible floods, um, so it was a mixed farm. We had uh, we had cattle, sheep, and then um, grew some crops. Um, to be honest, I wasn't like I I wasn't um, a super interested kid as in farming. I think for me, um, my interest in food and food production. Um, has come from being a really curious eater um, and then and then I obviously got involved in marketing and, and, and specifically food marketing and a little bit of food writing and I think that kind of – so now I, I, I'm not – I wouldn't call myself a farmer. I felt like a little bit like, oh, should I be on this podcast because I'm, I'm sort of – I'm a connector of producers, I suppose.
1: Once Sophie landed on food, she delved into many different parts of the supply chain – She's worked with farmers markets, pig farming, a butcher shop, sheep and cattle production and eventually the lively ecosystem that is Torello Farm opened with her extended family. I started um, my kind of food um,
0: journey at greengrocer.com back in the late 90s where I was doing the marketing, I was working the marketing team there um, and then, yeah, I moved down to Victoria and started up a farmers market, and that was just amazing. It really threw me into the local food scene, um, on in Victoria, and I met some amazing people um, who inspired me and, um, yeah, just really anchored me on in this life, <laughs> I suppose. Um, and so, I started a farmers market, and, we, and, and Mark and I also started up a free range pork um, business, and we bought a butcher shop on, in Neerim South, and processed, you know, rare breed, beautiful pork um, that we sold at farmer's markets and into some local restaurants and stuff like that. Um, And then um, we decided uh, we we started having kids and decided we needed to be closer to family, so we moved to the Mornington Peninsula. um, And... We yeah, stopped growing the pigs and started growing Belted Galloways and Dorset Down lambs. Um, at the time when we were growing pigs, we worked with an amazing woman called Ethel Stevenson, who grew in, grew English leicesters. She's no longer alive, but she was such a uh, just such an advocate for heritage breeds, and really, I learnt, we learnt so much from her. Um, and so um, we we continued growing these sheep and cattle, um, and. Mark had he and his family had had fruit shops, um, and had also Mark had also had um, in his life um, a providor business supplying restaurants. And yeah, the opportunity just came up with Torello to buy it. And I guess Mark and I um, just combined all of the experience that we had, um, along with you know his his brothers and and their partners' experience and. We just had a crack and started up Torello, and it's um, it's a really joyful business. I feel really proud of sort of the community nature of the business. You know, obviously we've got we service the local community, but we also get visitors to the peninsula. You know, it's a it's a popular tourist region, and that kind of helps our business because we have different types of customers coming through throughout a, a seven day week. Um, and then I, I think for me, the real joy is that. We have all these beautiful farmers growing an eclectic range of produce that supply us um, and and I think our existence really is helping incubate other farmers. You know, I'll be at a basketball game with my kids or something and someone will come up to me and say, hey, we've got, you know, a couple of acres. What do you think we could grow that we could supply you? And I think, you know, that's, that's just so cool because we don't want land just sitting there not being used to grow food. Um, and I think, you know, that's something that I – Feel really passionate about, and I think there's a real opportunity on the Mornington Peninsula. In my, you know, next chapter to really try and incubate more small farmers um, and make land available to them. There's still lots of gaps. Um, some of them, you know, like peach stone fruit. There's not a lot of stone fruit being grown on the peninsula, but there might be a really good reason for that. We haven't had a huge amount of success, although we've got one of our regular orchardists in. Um, who supplies us apples in Toorong, he grows some peaches and we managed to sell his fruit this this season, which was great. Um, Oh, gosh, there's lots of opportunities.
1: (laughs) Bounty from around 70 local producers can be found at Torello, along with the beef and lamb from Sophie's own farm key to the process of selling whole animals is educating customers about different cuts and value adding with take-home pies, lasagnas, stocks and ragoos. When we first
0: started Trello, we were still working with Alan and Lizette and they were just fantastic and really, really mentored us about how to move, nose, you know, like a whole animal. Um, that's evolved. We now we now operate on our own, but we, so we um, we sell a whole carcass of beef and several lambs, um, we put that through the shop each week. Um, and the challenge, it's wonderful in one sense because um, people are getting to see a whole animal, but that it's challenging in other ways because, for example, in the middle of summer no one's buying roasts. So we have then added another arm to our business, which is a, comm- a we've registered the kitchen on the, fa- on the house on site and we, we value add a lot of the beef that isn't going to move depending on the season so at the moment we're using brisket in a pulled beef dish we're you know making lots of lasagnas um we do you know lots of delicious ragouts and bone broths and all sorts of things just to really make sure we use the whole animal um and interestingly those sort of take-home meals have become a really important part of our business um they showcase our beautiful
1: beef and lamb um and they also help us be viable Sophie and Mark's Belted Galloway beef is entirely grass-fed and grown out to two or three years. Changing mindsets around whole animal eating has been a big part of making beef work for them. Offering Denver steak, Merlot steak, Pope's Eye and other lesser-known cuts is all part of making farming ethical and viable. So our beef um, is, if I use my our beef as an example, our
0: beef is grown, it's 100% grass-fed, we process animals um, when they're about two to f- two and a half to three years old, um, and then we we hang them for at least you know kind of two and a half to three weeks. So that's a more expensive product than yielding beef. Um, but so you know, there's been a lot of we've had to really dig in and educate. Um, our customers about why our, our beef is more expensive because it just take it just costs more to produce, but it's got a really incredible you know intramuscular fat and full beef flavour um, that require you know only you only need a little bit to kind of you know to, and a little bit goes a long way, um, and I've found that you know. Um, you know we've got cuts in the in the shop like um, Pope's eye or um, Denver steak or Merlot steak and and we've we, we have to work quite hard at educating people, but once they get their head around it, they really have embraced it and it's it's a lovely um, I think we've changed the mindset of how people purchase their protein and that's really exciting. So selling a whole animal requires, um, it, we've had to, like, like I said, we've had to work really hard at educating our customers. So um, we work with a fantastic local uh recipe developer and food stylist called fiona hammond and she's worked with us pretty much since we opened so we yeah she's been with us for a long time and she does a recipe every week so if we you know i was talking to our butcher and i was doing some research once and said oh look you know i think there's a really nice cut that you can find in the shin um it's a little a little muscle and it called Merlot and I said, let's try and get it. So he, he now cuts that out for us and um, then I'd I'd give that product to Fee and I'd say, Fee, can you develop a recipe for it, you know, teach people about how to cook this secondary steak, you know, cut it against the grain, yada, yada. So we we recipes are really key for our kind of marketing of the beef but also um, we have like QR codes now at the shop where we, you know, might say if you don't know what this cut is, you know, hit the QR code and then we provide that information. Um, and people, you know, you, you have – I love it when you convert an I feel it customer to a Denver customer. It's very thrilling.
1: <laughs> there's lamb and then there's Dorset Downs lamb. Sophie explains what's special about their sheep. We learned about Dorset Downs. Mark and I
0: went to a, um, a rare breed trust lunch oh God, a long time ago. Um, uh, and uh, the chef was Alan Harding who has since become a really good friend of ours and he cooked Dorset Down lamb which we knew nothing about and then um, Ethel Stevenson um, who we were working with at Farmer's Markets and selling her English Leicester lamb alongside our free-range pork um Oh, she rang us up one day, really excited, and said, "There's a flock of lambs in South Australia that are about to go to the uh, about to go to the sale yards, and it's Dorset down, and we need to preserve that that breed. And you know, there's quite a there's only a small pocket of them um, around. You know, do you think you you could take it?" And Mark and I went, "Yeah, great." So we organize, you know, a truck to deliver a flock of Dorset Down used to us. Um, and we've now since worked with um, one of the main breeders of Dorset Downs, uh, Colin and Margaret Chapman, and they grow. Um, so they've helped us kind of increase our genetics and grow more. Um, and so, yeah, we, we grow them purely for meat, Um uh, yeah, we put them through the farm gate um, and they, they, it sells really, really well. And more recently we've started to be approached um, with, obviously we can't produce lamb all year round. Um, so uh, more recently we've been approached for a few other small peninsula farmers who's like, you know, would you mind, you know, would you be interested in selling our small flock? And that's working really well. Dorset Downs, again, flow growing um, and they're quite, <laughs> they're, um, they, they can, you know, you have to be careful not to let them get too big and fat, but they're really, they're rich and delicious and, um, yeah, beautiful. I mean, you know, shoulders are beautiful slow cooked, but equally their chops are just, you know, fantastic or, you know, a rolled loin is just beautiful and, um, I, I, I was up in New South Wales. My dad's a farmer. I grew up on a farm in Forbes and I'd taken him some lamb and he rang me the other night and he goes, oh, I've just eaten that lamb, it's unbelievable. So I thought that was pretty good <laughs> from a guy who's, um, yeah, who's kind of, you know, killed his own lamb all his life.
1: One of the most satisfying aspects of having land is being able to craft its purpose. Sophie has watched with joy as the trio from Five Tales have begun growing delicious produce on Torello Farm.
0: We, we farmed ourselves um at Torello for a few – we bought the property in 2016 and we grew for quite a few years ourselves. Um, And then an opportunity came along um, with Mikey and Kev and Jess from Five Tails Farm and they were looking for a place to start their own business and so we've made land available for them which is fantastic and they are doing a wonderful job. They grow organically. Um, We sell a lot of their produce in our shop so – they grow at the moment. That would be like zucchinis or beans. They grow wonderful young shoots um, and salad greens and spinach and carrots and garlic and um, beautiful lettuces. They source a lot of their seed from Transition Farm, which is another wonderful grower um, down here. Um, and we sell Transition Farm seeds um, in the shop. But um, uh, but and and that relationship is just so great because I feel like. It's a, it's a, you know, we're making land available for them and they're selling through us. They also sell elsewhere. They, you know, they sell in other retail outlets and they also sell in restaurants. And we still have land available here at Trello. And so I'd love to, you know, in the future be able to maybe make land available for some other uh, young farmers. Um, so, yeah, that's hopefully something that might play out in the, next, in the years to
1: come. One of the hardest questions a person could ask Sophie O'Neill is what a typical day looks like. As a farmer, wholesaler, retailer, value adder, communicator, and all-round connector, every day is different and enriching.
0: Yeah, so a day for me um, would be um, so I come into the farm gate. Um, I I you know today I. So we do a great collaboration with um, a fantastic pie maker on the peninsula called Johnny Ripe and they will turn again because you're thinking that I've got to to get rid of a whole carcass. um, So how do you know, what am I doing with, you know, enormous amounts of chuck or whatever. And so um, we work with a a local pie producer and I'll be like, okay, what pie are we going to do this week, you know, looking at that. Um, Then it might be working with one of the team and looking at – our bread sales. We we have we are blessed to have Jason Cotter and um, Emma Hick in Turong who grow heritage wheat, and they bake amazing bread. As and so do um, a couple of other bakeries use their flour, and um, so we sell their bread. And so it's like you know it's just always tweaking our offering, making sure that it's it's hitting the right mark, and then seeking opportunities. Um, that's probably what thrills me the most. I can talk about the boring stuff, but the the stuff that really thrills me is just, you know, Hey, there's a new producer that's come on board and they've got a heap of, um, you know, blood plums. Okay. So we probably won't move that much in the farm gate. So what can we do in the kitchen with that? Or, you know, we've just launched a wholesale side to our business. So can we think of a restaurant that might be interested in that product? And that, that's, that's the, probably the really exciting stuff. Um, Mixed in with Instagram and all the, you know, day-to-day things. I feel like when you walk into the in, into Torello, we, we do have a philosophy of like, you know, what you can see is sort of what the local season's provided you. So, throw away your shopping list and let Mother Nature guide you. And it's, it's really true. Like, so, any given day can be quite different. So, um, some, you know, we might have a farmer drop off some beautiful plums at this time of year or... Um, you know, some really early new season apples might have just started. So they'll come and then they'll go or I'm always getting in trouble from the staff because I can't put everything on Instagram because sometimes it's a really small amount of stuff that's just been dropped off. Um, we've got some really cool eggplants that are being grown by a guy and rosebud at the moment that are in the shop or, um, you know, it. we we also have a kind of um, a standard amount of line because there's some big uh, market gardeners on the peninsula that we source, you know, say potatoes or Dutch carrots or uh, spring onions or celery from. So there's some things that will be quite, um, you know, like will be quite mainstream and familiar, but then there's lots of little eclectic things, beautiful nashies we're
1: getting out of Red Hill at the moment. People get into farming for all kinds of reasons. Above all else, Sophie has been driven by her curiosity. What are we eating? Is it ethical? Might there be something better? Being a
0: curious eater, I think we, you know, like if I think about why we got into free-range pork, Mark's family always made salami and one day he was like, I just don't think we're using the best pork that we possibly could and so that led us to talking to Christine Ross who was growing large black pigs and we went, oh, this is so much better. And then, you know, you suddenly go, wait a minute, this is really much better. So what about the beef I'm eating? Ah, oh, it could be so much better. And then, you know, you go travelling and you you go to the UK and you look at um, the beef that's being, you know, I remember being at, a, at the Borough Market and looking at the beef there and going, why is your beef so different to what I can see, you know, in my life in Australia at the time? Um, and I think that just that curiosity has always made me strive to sort of Firstly, put better food on my own table, but also now it's about you know sort of the ethics around it as well, and why we should be really you know conscious of what we're eating and and making sure that you know we're looking after, um, you know the producer of the, you know supporting the producer that we we're you know who's grown the food that we're eating. I think one of the ben- the one of the things I've really noticed about Torello is that we're really in an amazing location. We have you know it's we're only. An hour from Melbourne, so we have access to those markets. Like I said, you know, weekends can be really busy with a very different clientele to what we see during during the week. But we're really beautifully supported by um, a very discerning crowd of locals. That <coughs> that thankfully to COVID, that really um, harnessed that um, those customers for us um, and people who who care about their food, who are, who want to support the community of growers around them. I worry that, you know, like I think about, you know, could you put Torello in a different place it, and I'm not sure. Um, and I think that's the challenge for some small growers, you know, in more remote areas is how they find those markets, particularly if it's a really perishable product. Um, there's some incredibly clever small producers out there that are doing wonderful things and getting around that. But I think that that's probably one of the bigger challenges Um for small producers is just finding that right market and then getting the distribution
1: every day is different every day is busy what is it that Sophie O'Neill loves about what she does I guess what I love um
0: is that Torello is this sort of community hub and we you know we have people who supply us with food who have become friends um you know like the team at Yoki Doki Eggs who grow amazing pasteurised eggs up in Main Ridge have become really good friends of ours. They've been supplying us for years since they began. Um, And and so we have this wonderful relationship with the people who supply us. And then we can pass that joy on to our customers. I love that we have different farmers coming in, talking to us about their stuff. And they're really, you know, and th- this ties me back to my farmers market roots of people, you know, farmers really appreciating feedback, but also loving to hear that they've done an amazing job. That's, you know, that's that's just such a privilege to be able to work with these guys and, and you know, help represent their product in a beautiful way. And then and then the people who buy it, um, whether that's a local
1: restaurant or you know just someone I know from basketball. <laughs> Torello Farm is a vibrant practical showcase of local seasonal eating. Sophie's energy, passion and commitment is expressed in a joyful destination store that celebrates the Mornington Peninsula and embodies a connected style of farming, cooking, eating and enjoying. This is The Producers, a Deep in the Weeds production. I'm Danny Fallant. Stay tuned as we talk to some of Australia's best farmers, makers, and growers. Follow us on Instagram at Producers Podcast or contact us via deepintheweeds.com.au.